Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast where you learn more about everything that's happening in and around Northwest Arkansas at the intersection of business, life, entrepreneurship, and culture. There's so much going on in this little hamlet, this little corner of the state, and uh, I'm pleased to bring you something new each and every week. Uh, when it comes to everything that's going on here in Northwest Arkansas. And today, today I've got a special treat for you. I'm actually here with a friend of mine. I'm here with an individual that, you know, more than anything else, if you've ever wanted to run a business or start a business or, you know, had any twinkling of an idea in your mind about getting a business off the ground, this is the man to talk to. Now, granted, he's not taking clients, but I think listening to his story, if nothing else, will be a tremendous amount of inspiration for you 
as you move out and try to do something amazing. And uh, my next guest has definitely done that over and over and over again. And so without further ado, I want to welcome Mark Zweig to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast today. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great today. Thanks, Randy. Good, good, good. So it's funny because we've done podcasts in other formats, but this is the first time that, um, you know, you were one of the first people that I thought, man, I got to get you on the show. We're friends, so certainly I could twist your arm and get you to commit to doing this. (laughs) Stop stop doing that to my arm. No, no. no. It wasn't hard. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But but certainly we we've 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 come a long way and, and you know I'll tell a little bit about how I ended up in, in Northwest Arkansas, which which you have every everything to do with that. But um I wanna find out just I, I'd love for you to just kind of share with the audience a little bit about who Mark Zweig is. I know you are mm. the owner of several businesses. Uh you've you've taken two firms multiple times to the Inc. five hundred five thousand list. Um, which is not a feat lost on me or anyone else that looks up to individuals that, you know, have that entrepreneurial drive. But just kind of talk about, um, just tell the audience, you know, just who you are and, 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 and tell them a little bit about your experience since you've been here in Northwest Arkansas. Well, that's a big order. Uh, I'm nearly 61 years old. That's, uh, that's 61 years young. So. That's, that says a lot. Uh, I used to be the young guy in the room, and now I'm the old guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I was always interested in business, and um, and I started out really with bicycles. I I worked on bikes, and I would I would get old bikes and clean them up and sell them on my mom and dad's street corner in Kirkwood, Missouri. And when I was 12 or so, my dad said, hey, you should go down to the bike shop and and tell them you'd like to work there, and um, they can pay you. Uh, you'll work for free for a month, and at the end of a month, they can pay you a buck an hour. So I did that, and they, they didn't make me wait um, a, a month to get paid. They hired me right off the bat at a dollar an hour, and then by the end of the month, I got raised to a dollar twenty-five, And that was sort of the start of it for me. We You know, we, we bought a trailer load full of used bicycles from an old guy who went out of business he had a shop in his garage mm-hmm. he went out of business he was over on the east st louis side and um, we started cleaning up these bikes and putting new decals on them i contacted the manufacturers and spray paint them and clean everything fix everything and put them out and sell them and we we got some pretty good prices out of that i mean we it was amazing we paid 35 dollars for the whole trailer load yeah and then I started buying and selling motorcycles about that age, somewhere around 12 or so, and um, and selling them on the street corner. And then I started doing it with cars. I got my first car at age 15, and, and you know, I would, I would fix up cars and sell them, too. And um, so I just like to fix up stuff and sell it. And um, But I worked in bike shops all the way through. I, I went to school in Southern Illinois University, and... Um, and, you know, the first job I had there was I sold bicycles out of the bike shop that I worked at, which by then I'd worked for three different owners of bike shops by the time I was 18. And they had a total of maybe 10 different stores between them. And uh, it was pretty cool. I got to where I made a whole lot of money. When I was in high school, to put this in perspective, I had weeks where I made like $700 plus a week. 
That's like thousands of dollars in today's dollar. Oh, I had more money than any of my friends. I always had, <laughs> I always had three cars and two bikes right. at all times, yeah. minimum. And, um, and then I went off to school, and I think I had about thirty five hundred in cash saved up. School was like two hundred ninety dollars a semester back then. Right. And um, and I uh, I started. Um, selling bikes to my friends in the dorms and then i would go down to the bus station in the bike shop i worked at would send them to me via greyhound and i'd go pick them up and then haul them back to my room put them together and 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 make you know whatever i made on each bike 20 30 bucks something like that and uh then i started uh, uh i i made an arrangement with a local junkyard and he was the big salvage yard all the auto accidents went there and so I would pick out the ones I thought were the best rebuilds, and his guys would rebuild them, and then I would sell the cars um, from my front yard and also with um, ads I put on the student union bulletin board. Mm-hmm. We'd split the profit, you know, after the cost. He kept track of the costs and started doing that. Of course, I still did that on the side myself. And then, uh, uh, in fact, my girlfriend and I, who became my first wife, she and I used to buy Mustangs very cheap at the time. You'd get some of them for as little as $100. Clean them up, put new bumpers on them, repaint them, fix what was wrong with them. And then we sold them to Iranian students. Mm-hmm. They loved Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my friend Robert Parker, who lives here, was doing the exact same thing at the same time I was, which is really funny. He was doing it here. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, um, so, you know, and then... Uh, that was sort of the, the, the start of it. Then later we started doing paint jobs and um, body work. We'd paint a whole car every weekend. And uh, even after I got out of grad school at age 22, we still did that for several years because I, I was house poor. I bought too expensive of a house right? right. and we needed to make extra money. Yeah. And, uh, that's how we did it. We would, every weekend we'd paint a car. Yeah. So you understood the whole idea of multiple streams of income. Yeah, (laughs) I did. It wasn't from investing. I can tell you that. Right. uh, Right. It was from all this other stuff I did. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you graduated from college, you went off and worked at a couple of different firms. And then I think, I guess your, your story, obviously your story started when you were 12 with the bike store, but I think your story really started when you started your first company in 1988. Yeah, I was and, 30 at the time. Yeah, and uh, you had come out of uh, working a, 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 as um, an HR leader in a growing and thriving civil engineering firm based out of Dallas, uh, based out of Fort Worth, Texas. Well, I was actually marketing and HR both. I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, mean, to, yeah, right. I didn't mean to shortchange you on no, your no, title okay. there. Both <laughs> companies, I was the head of marketing too. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. I started as HR and then I always ended up with the marketing job. Yeah, and that's funny how those two kind of marry together. So, yeah. I mean, HR and marketing, in a lot of instances, there's some some overlap there. So, and there is, some, but in a lot of places, they would never consider the same person for both of those. Right, right, a- absolutely, absolutely. It was a different time too. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a different time. But in 1988, you kind of did the whole Steve Jobs, Apple, uh, Bill, Bill, and um, Bill Packard. You know, open up your garage and start a company, and uh, you did that uh, with a company called Zweig White and Associates, uh, which originally the name was Mark Zweig, Mark and, Zweig Associates. and Associates. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you lost your Zweig first White. name and it became Zweig White and Associates. Uh-huh. And um, uh, you, you created a, a management consulting and publishing firm for the design industry and yep. um, had had a, a fair amount of success in a short period of time. Wrote a book. Yeah. 
yeah. um, did a lot of things uh, there in Natick, Massachusetts. And um, I actually came onto the scene during that time, I guess in 97, which was about a little less than a little, little bit uh, less than 10 years after you started the company. Yeah, I think that was, we got on the ink list in 95 and 96. Six, right. Yeah. So you'd, you'd made that list and, and that was a big deal back then. That's when, um, the Inc. Magazine list was only 500 firms. Yeah, it was a bigger deal than it is now. Yeah, sure. yeah. But but still, I mean, it was, nonetheless, it was still pretty impressive. But, you know, we like to talk about individuals in this community, especially in the Northwest Arkansas area. There's such, there's such a level of entrepreneurship here. I mean, obviously, we know about all the great businesses, the Walmarts, the J.B. Hunts, the the Tysons and of the world, which, I mean, those are huge companies. But then yep. when you think of... For the longest time, they were the stalwarts of the area. But then now, all of a sudden, there's been a move of entrepreneurship taking part place in Northwest Arkansas. And you were kind of at the forefront of that, even when you moved here in 2004. And again, I, I would love to go into all the specifics of everything that you were able to do with Zweigwhite oh, and Associates. But I want to talk, I want to kind of fast forward. The bottom line is, you did really well with Zweigwhite and Associates. You actually ended up getting acquired in 2004. Yep. And that opened up the door for you to look at what the next chapter was for your life. And yes. part of that was you had actually started teaching already at yes. the Sam Walton School of Business. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I, st- I, w- I would fly down one night a week Wow! And uh, from, from the Boston area. And um, my, friend Dan, my friend Dan Worrell eventually became dean of the College of Business here. At the time, he was dean of the Southern Illinois University okay. College of Business. He's the one that really got me in here in the first place. In fact, I had dinner with him last night, which is cool. You know, known the guy for like 25 years. Right. And um, it's so cool how that comes together yeah. now. But uh, but anyway, um, so, yeah, that got me here in the first place. And, um, you know, it was a great opportunity to teach entrepreneurship, which is, is, is good for somebody like me because my knowledge base is like an, uh, an inch deep and a mile wide, I always say. <laughs> Don't really know anything particularly, but a little bit about a lot of stuff. But anyway, um, and it, it's a great area for, um, you know, and then I started Mark Zweig, Inc., which is our building, real estate, building, development, construction company in January of 2005. And um, it's been a great place to do all that. I mean, what I really like about this area in particular is, it doesn't have an old guard that's interested in keeping you out. Yeah. I find that, that the people here are very welcoming to outsiders. Yep. And it's very unusual. It's not like anywhere else I've ever lived. Okay. And, and you know, and I think it's, it, it was explained to me once that the reason for that is that basically everybody here was poor at one time. We don't have a blue blood class you know of like plantation owners like they have in little rock right right and so the culture was completely different everybody was just trying to scratch their living out of the dirt and so you know it's kind of more of like i see it as the gateway to the wild west right not like a deep south culture i've lived in memphis before and places like that which are a lot different you know and i had an office in little rock back in the in the uh, 1980s and uh, I mean, I like those places. Don't get me wrong, but um, but here the people I think is the best overall asset that we have, and it's just an you know it's a it, it's a good place to work because 
it's not cheap, but we're certainly a lot cheaper than other cities as far as office space goes, you know, other costs of doing business. It's not crowded. Nobody really has a long commute time. I think it's laughable, those who complain about the traffic between <laughs> Bentonville and here. Oh, my gosh. I had to slow down to 50 on uh, Highway 49 for five minutes. I mean, I can't believe the traffic is so bad. Yeah, they've never lived in Boston, L.A., or New York. Exactly. You know, I mean, you lived in Boston like I did. And, you know, I remember one time it took me over seven hours to get home from Logan Airport. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. So the traffic isn't bad. The air quality is good here. The the water quality is good. We don't have a huge deteriorating infrastructure that we're trying to fix up and prop up, you know, because there really wasn't much here too long ago. Right. And so you don't have a lot of those costs. Um, And, and um, I think overall it's a pretty progressive group of people, um, which is, is, uh, you know, it's hard to beat. It's a, it's a good place. The university is a real strength here. Yeah. Crystal bridges has been huge. Walton Art Center really helped get downtown Fayetteville back on track and did a lot for, for Fayetteville. And, you know, you look at some of the music venues that we have here in town, um, you know, um, we're, we're like number three, I just saw the other day, for live music. Really? Um, in the United States. Wow, I did not is, know that. Yeah, we, you know, we've got the Amp, and we've got George's, and we've got all these other places. So it's pretty cool, Um kind of what's come together here most people don't think this is a you know if you said well i'm moving to arkansas or i live in fayetteville like oh oh sorry no yeah you don't understand once you're here you appreciate it yeah yeah i heard a guy in my other business and he was telling me it was kind of funny um he had moved here originally from another southern city and uh, he's an african-american guy he's a very smart guy very capable and he said you know the first couple of years he's like oh i I don't really like it, you know. I, I, but he said after he lived here for a couple of years, then he was like, wow, you know, this is a great area. Yeah. Then he got moved away by his company. And as soon as he left that job, he said he's heading back here. I mean, you know, so that then we hired him. And he loves it here. And I think that's the reaction of a lot of people. They don't think they're going to like it. And then at first, maybe they don't like it as much. But as soon as they get here, a while, they're here a while and they figure out, um, you know, there's a lot going on here. It's a good place to live overall. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I've heard that so many times from people, you know, that they didn't think they'd like it. Yeah. And then after they figure out, holy cow, I do like it. And these are people from L.A., Boston, Chicago, you know, other big cities, Dallas. I mean, my gosh, I have so many students from the DFW area. And they want to stay here when they get done, a lot of them, because they like it. They yeah. like it better than where they came from. Yeah, you drive around the U of A, which is the University of Arkansas, and all you see are Texas license plates That's everywhere true. you go. So, yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's um, I think that it, one of the things that's wrong with our culture, you know, people are alienated. Nobody really knows anybody anymore. There's no connection. They They know people only superficially through Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter or whatever else, you know, the social media they use. And so they lose connection, and then they live in places where everything's a chain and where the people turn over constantly. 
you know, people move in and move out with their jobs. And then the people who work in those places come and go. Yeah. And it's just basic alienation. A place like this, you'll find people know each other. Everybody knows somebody else. Nobody's very far removed from anybody they want to talk to or meet. And it's, uh, that's what's really cool about it. You know, yeah, no, I absolutely love it. That's that's the one thing, and you're right. Even in the in the process of doing this particular podcast and Mm -hmm. reaching out to people, I've been amazed at how friendly people have been and 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 open they've been towards me and saying, "Oh, I'll I'll do it," and I know some other people that will do it. I mean, that not to say that it wouldn't happen or couldn't happen in a place like Boston, but it's a lot harder. Sure, it is. It's a lot harder to break through. And you're absolutely right. You, you, there are certain pockets of the country where if you're not originally from there and you don't know the gatekeepers, you are locked out of doing anything, but especially doing something from an entrepreneurial standpoint. It can be very difficult. I had, I had lunch the other day with a, a young man who was, put in touch with me by the dean of the college of business who'd met him he said oh, you need to talk to mark and so I, I had lunch with this guy he just graduated with his phd in civil engineering hmm. he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do he's, he's got some entrepreneurial um, interests and all and uh, what he was doing i thought was very interesting he said that he's having a hundred cups of coffee with people it is people that he'd like to meet and and you know talk to and I, so when I first sat down with him, he didn't tell me that at first. Right. I, I sat down. I said, well, how can I help you? What can I do for you? He goes, nothing. I'm not looking for anything from you at all. Um, that's the problem with our culture. It's too transactional. Exactly. Exactly. And I thought, wow, this is a really smart guy. He goes, I'm just having these talks with people and just seeing what comes out of it. Yeah. And I le- I'm getting new ideas and, and new perspectives on things that... Um, you know, I don't think I'll be the same after I have these hundred cups of coffee. And I thought, wow, that is really smart. It is. I mean, that's a that's actually a smart application in business. And our and it our is. and at, at Zwei Group, the the company that um, you ended up taking back, which is a whole nother story, maybe for another time, because I wish I could get deeply into that. But the long and short of it is that you left Zweig White and Associates. After the acquisition, you went off to the wild blue yonder that is Northwest Arkansas. You started a new business, Mark Zweig, Inc. And then you, if that wasn't enough, in addition to starting a new business and teaching at the U of A, you Mm. took back your old company and restored it to health and profitability. Yeah, we did. Um, I had a lot of help. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times, you know, people... It's like they see one of our houses, they're like, oh, I really like the houses uh, Mark does. He did a nice job on that, you know? I'm like, there's so many other people involved. <laughs> I've had houses now that we've done as a company that I had nothing to do nothing with. Nothing to do with, yeah. Um, you know, I, we did one that Sonia picked every single thing out in it, managed the whole process, and sold it. You know, I had nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people... Um, that help in all these things. But yeah, we got that company back. It was in really bad shape. You know, it really had declined. It was about a sixth of its size. It was, it had a negative net worth of about 6 million. Yeah. Which is a lot to be negative. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, my, myself and, 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 um, Sonia Stout and some other people were some of the first people there. Um, Eric Howerton, um, you know, he was one of them. Tracy, um, uh, originally Tracy Jeffers, um, now Tracy Eves, now Tracy Eves. Right. She, she was there. Um, 
and uh, you know we we uh, had a little office on Dixon in um, in the Three Sisters building, and we slogged through it all. We got we we fought off all the ugliness and all the bill collectors and paid everybody off and got that thing back on track. And, um, and, uh, you know, we had to get control of our banking relationship. We had to get control of our accounting, our it, our marketing. A lot of this stuff was being done in India and in the Philippines. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, it was very gratifying. We really enjoy that. It's just like a house, you know, a business, fix up a car, fix up a house, I've always been into restoring cars and motorcycles. Fix up a business. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same thing, you know. I like, I really like an existing business better than I like a start with a clean sheet of paper. Just like I'd rather rehab a house than buy one, than buy a piece of land and, and build, build something on scratch. it. Scratch. Yeah. It's it's like I enjoy the constraints. Yeah. Of what's already there, and then making it better. Hmm. It just makes people happy, and it's very gratifying. It's the same thing with businesses. You know, we're looking right now to see uh, other businesses that we can buy um, where the owners are struggling. They want to get out. They don't feel they have any options. They want to preserve jobs for their employees. They maybe, you know, value their, their customers or clients, but they're not doing well financially, and they don't like it. Yeah. Anymore. And I, you know, I, I think they're hopefully we'll find some good opportunities like that to do more of it. But, uh, yeah, it's why it's why white now is why group. It was, it was definitely one of those, um, scenarios and it was good. You know, I mean, everybody thought we were going out of business. Everybody <laughs> said we were sunk. You know, we had a lot of very negative press out there and, um, and, and, you know, we pulled it off with a lot of hard work and, and, you know, a lot of friends, people like yourself and others um, who, who um, you know, they wanted to participate in that process. Right. I mean, you know, when you came back there, I, when I got the company back, we didn't have any recruiting services. And we had a couple sort of failures in there. And um, so, you know, it was good to have somebody that I'd worked with before I knew. And, and, um, and, and so, you know, we hired... A number of people like that. Um, not everybody's there now, right, but uh, right. but a number of people like that who are who are you know known um, from the past. Yeah, absolutely. They could do they could do the job, and that was part of what took us back to health again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, any every business is comprised of its people. Yeah. And if you have good people, the chances of you having a good business, it's, there's a direct correlation. There. It sounds like a cliche, but it's so true. <laughs> it and, does. You know, the fact is, and I try to get my students to understand this, because um, I think, unfortunately, in business school, a lot of times you do these simulations where you make decisions on labor cost and materials and pricing and marketing and production quantities and all these things, and you compete with one another. They, they call them, you know, management simulations. Right. And, but unfortunately, you know, I think some people sort of take that view out there to the real world. And it's like people are treated like they're just replaceable. You know, too many small businesses really don't value their employees. They don't pay enough. They don't really create the incentives for people to do well. They don't really have opportunities that they could provide. Right. I think. And they, if you know, it's, it's hard to have great customer service. 
as my friend Matt Lewis, who runs the Lewis Automotive Group over there, says, if you don't treat your internal customers well, they're not going to treat your external customers very well. Right. And your right. internal internal customers are your people that work there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, um, man, I know you, you've probably forgotten more than most people know about business and entrepreneurship, but what, what advice would you give to anyone thinking of relocating to Northwest Arkansas, either with an existing business that they want to bring here because maybe they want to get involved with um, some of the, uh, you know, some of the Fortune 50 firms that are here, like, like a Walmart or a Tyson or J.B. Hunt or, or, or someone that just wants to come here and start a business? What advice would you give them? One piece of advice? Well, uh, one piece of advice I would always give people is don't buy a house immediately upon moving here. Rent first. That's a good one. <laughs> then you can figure out exactly where you really want to live. Because yeah. I have found that people who relocate here, there are certain cities and in certain places in those cities that if they move there, they're more likely to stay after their job situation changes yeah. than others um, who may just want to go back to somewhere else because they sort of picked wrong. Yeah. So there are definitely, in my mind, more desirable pockets to different types of people. You know, you've got to sort of find the area that suits your personality. So one thing I do is rent. But the other thing I would do is get out and meet people. Yeah. You know, um, you don't know where it's going to go. You know, just like the guy with the 100 cups of coffee, um, you got to be involved in the community to uh, make the connections that will help you. And you don't even know how. It doesn't have to be transactional in nature, but just make those connections and see where they go, whether that's the religious, you know, organization that you're a part of or city government getting involved in that or... um, you know, other organizations, um, your kids' school. Yeah. I think those things are really important to start getting involved right away and get plugged in and don't be somebody who isolates yourself. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. I think. So, okay. So as we, we start to wrap up, I'd love for you and you've given us some really great advice about, about someone relocating here and, and, um, you know, what they could potentially experience. Um, what, what do you, what's like, tell us about some of the things that you really like to do here in Northwest Arkansas. Well, some of the things I like to do. Yeah. Um, I, well, I enjoy the outdoor activities here. It's a, it's a beautiful area. I think the terrain in particular, some of our buildings maybe aren't the best, but they're getting a lot better. Yeah. You know, like I was really looking around Fayetteville last 15 years has changed a lot. And, and it's very interesting. Um, I like driving around. I like going to the small towns. I like going to Eureka Springs or Huntsville or other places around here. I just enjoy that. Um, I like looking at houses and buildings, I got to admit. I right. mean, it's an interest um, that we have. I love going to Crystal Bridges. It's, I think it's a tremendous asset. Uh, the Walton Arts Center, um, you know, great theater uh, environment there really nice especially since it was just redone i was there um, last weekend for the uh, for the masquerade ball where they raise money for um, the arts here okay and um, that was fantastic it was such a beautiful event and uh, you know peter lane was there and you know he's the head of the wac and and uh, my 12 year old daughter was a performer 
and got to sing in front of the crowd and uh, along with her band from the new school. I've heard she can actually sing pretty she, good. <laughs> she's amazed. She would amaze you. Yeah. I'm not just saying so, that. As I know. Bad. Yeah, exactly. But, so. but there's there's so many great things. I mean, the Naturals, the Arkansas Naturals. I'm not even a sports fan. Right. But I love going to the Naturals game. The stadium, yeah. HOK designed. Right. Fantastic. Um, I have a lot of friends here. And um, one of the things I do, um, especially since I'm not at Swag Group every day now, is I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with all kinds of people um, just all week long. That's your I, version of a cup of coffee. It is. I just had, <laughs> but they're my friends. Right. You know, I just had had lunch today with a friend of mine. I sold him two houses, including uh, my own, fir- my first house that I lived in here. Okay. He's a doctor, he's an attorney, he's an MBA, and he's a former military officer. Underachiever. Yeah. Classic underachiever. He's just a great guy <laughs> to hang out with. You know, um, last week um, after teaching, I had a late dinner with my buddy Bert Hanna, Hanna Candle Company, right. one of the unbelievable successes. Started with nothing, got his business to over $65 million in revenue, owns millions of square feet of industrial space. Right here in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, has other businesses. His dad was the mayor at one time of Fayetteville. But he started in the potpourri business when he was a college student, just gathering up leaves and, and pine cones in his backyard. Wow. I mean, you know, those are the kind of people, and I just do this all day long. That's what I really enjoy the most, honestly, yeah. when I think about it, is the time, you know, with spent with my friends and other people. And, um, you know, my kids, my kids, um, we get to do a lot of, a lot of things on the, on the weekends. Um, I like my old cars, although I'm really getting rid of most of them, and um <laughs> But uh, there's there's a lot to do here. There's a lot of a lot of interesting people. Yeah, probably the best asset again. I mean, when I think about it. Okay. Now, um, I'm I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you can eat, you can name more than one. But what's your favorite restaurant to to visit? Oh, Theo's. Okay. I, I <laughs> you think, said that really quick. No, they do the best job, uh, in my opinion. T- of any tell the audience about Theo's. Where are they located? It's, they're located in downtown Fayetteville. It's owned by Scott Bowman, Bowman Restaurant Group. They also own Eastside Grill. Okay. And my girlfriend, she loves to go to Eastside Grill. So we go there frequently. Yeah. And, um, Actually, that was one of the first places that you took me when I came to visit was the Eastside Grill. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a nice environment at night in the bar area with a lot of people that we know right. between us. I mean, I'd say pretty much any night I'm there, I know at least half the people in the bar. Okay. And the other half, she probably knows because um, she grew up here. But um, there's no question in my mind. I, th- I just think Bowman... Bowman does a great job. We do have some other good restaurants, though. Right. You know, um, I think that Boca is a fantastic good Italian, Italian restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. In the yeah. in the former, you know, um, what was that burger? Uh, I can't even remember the some name. Backyard Burger. Yeah. Backyard Burger. We've got we've got some good restaurants. We um, Bordino's is a great restaurant. Joe, um, you know, Fennel is a really awesome guy, and he knows how to take care of people. Yeah. Um, Vetro 23, um, I think it's a good restaurant. 1923, I think that's a good restaurant. So we're fortunate. We got a lot of good restaurants. Yeah. We got Good Indian up in Springdale. Right. Up there at, uh, you know, um, uh, which R&R is now Curry. Called, yeah, Punjabi yes. uh, uh, Grill or whatever the, it's called now, Kitchen, Punjabi Kitchen. Oh, they changed names. They changed their name. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Same but, food, though. But uh, yeah, so. 
We got it all around here. I had a great Thai uh, lunch today at Sala Thai. That is good too. It was very yeah. good. Yeah. So well, yeah, we'll be sure to uh, share some of the uh, the the links to all of these great eating establishments in our show notes, and and as well as some additional information about Mark and uh, Mark Zweig Inc., which is the development company, and um, Zweig Group, which is the firm that he um, relocated here to uh, Northwest Arkansas several years ago, and has since technically moved on from, I guess, if you will. And, yeah, and I still have. Still, a, you're still, I'm still Chairman. Yeah, you're still chairman. It's a largely but. ceremonial title, one might say. <laughs> right. But, but nevertheless, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, anybody with your experience and the fact that you're still molding minds on a regular basis at the U of A. Best job in the world. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'd have been a college professor right away. <laughs> so. Not sure what I would have had to offer, but I, I, it's, uh, it's just the best job in the world. It's so gratifying. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, every day at five, I have meetings with my students and, and, uh, I shouldn't say every day, every Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And then sometimes lunches too. And um, it's and, fantastic. And you've had some impressive young people that have graduated through your program. I have. Some of them um, are very successful. The gentleman that started Fayette Chill. Yep. And um, others. Did Kirsten Blowers go through your program? No, she, no, did, she not, did not. But okay. she's spoken to my class. Yes, she has. I, I had coffee yesterday at five with a guy, um, Chinese American, was adopted by um, parents here in the United States absolutely brilliant i was blown away by this guy yeah 20 years old he knew more about business and life i was so impressed with him i just had to say i'm i'm really impressed with you right he goes yeah he goes i didn't have chinese helicopter parents but uh <laughs> i did have two successful attorneys right who were who are giving me uh, input all the way, you know? Right, right, And right. because there wasn't any arguing with them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but man, I was blown away by this this guy. He's uh, he's invented a medical device. Uh, he's getting his degree in information systems. Just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And so when you get a chance, and then some of those people, they weren't even my students. I become friends with and stay in touch with years later. I just had... From my first class, I had a, a, a pair of students, husband and wife. They had their own business. They sold it, and they're moving back here now, 15 years later. Wow. And they you know, just said, hey, we want to get together with you. Yeah, that's like coming full circle. It is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so cool. And, I mean, I have those things every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. every single day. And, and what's great, I think, about, you know, if you are in the position I'm in there, and I've got these students, and they're mainly seniors, you know, you can sort of put things together. You know, we were talking last night about this. It, they learn a lot in their classes, a lot of discipline knowledge about accounting and finance and economics and marketing and management and all these very important subject areas. But they need to, to wrap it up into some sort of an integrated philosophy, not just of, life, of business, but also life. Right. And they have to be consistent. You know, you can't say, well, this is my life philosophy, but this is my business philosophy. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You won't be able to do things very effectively for very long if they're too different. And uh, and that's what's the great thing is we really get to talk about those kinds of topics. How can you beat that? No, you can't. You can't. You get to do, you get to teach what you love. You have to hang around some cool people, and you've got a great business here in Northwest Arkansas. So I don't, I don't think you've got, you, I, you, you've pretty much got it all. You keep learning. I, yeah, I do. I've yeah, got, so. in fact, I've got too much of it in some cases. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do. 
Well, I do have it all. I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, Mark, we really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to to join us here on the uh, I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Uh, again, this this podcast and and just the the idea of it came about based on my experiences here. And I would have loved to have had something like this when I was relocating here in the first place to learn, sure, you know, about the people here, about the culture here, about the business here. And I pretty much had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. You helped me out. Several I other didn't people help you enough, that, that helped help me out. And uh, I'm I'm really thankful for that. But at, that's part of the goal of this podcast is to, especially those that are thinking about relocating to this little neck of the woods, our little slice of heaven up here in the northwest corner of the state, there's a lot going on here. And so yeah. I appreciate you taking time to, uh, to share a little bit with us. And that's we're definitely going to have you back on sometime in the future. My pleasure, man. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much. Well, folks, there you have it. Mark Zweig from Mark Zweig, Inc. I'll uh, definitely put Mark's contact information so you can reach out to him if you need need something or have questions about housing-related issues here in Northwest Arkansas or just in general. Uh, he's a great guy, very approachable, and someone that um, really epitomizes what entrepreneurship is all about here in Northwest Arkansas. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we really look forward to hearing more from you and about your experiences here in Northwest Arkansas. If you already live here, if you're thinking about moving here, reach out to us and you know let us know <clears throat> what you think about the podcast. And we look forward to staying in touch with you. And again, we appreciate you. Thank you so much and have a great day. hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.